Yeah, man. Yeah, buddy. Yep, probably so once again, man. So, working hard. Trying to go through some things right now. I just wanted to come up here and just share with you guys about some current situation and um, let you know what's going on. But right now, I'm feeling good. Make some things happen. Finally figured out what I want to do while I was on walk say now. Got my vision, man. Uh, right now, for walk say now, I have a vision of me being, basically me running on the ground groundwork. I want to be the category leader when it comes to disaster prevention. Like, anytime there's like a disaster, like anything from, you know, extreme power outages, hurricanes, volcanoes, you know, um, anything like that, earthquakes, war, I want to be the, the organization or some, or anybody who's affiliated with me, I want to be like the pain name that they think of, the main people that they call, you know. I want to be able to organize the rooms to um, go through and prevent these disasters. That's basically how I envision it, you know, kind of like those um, movies, like Armageddon, like when the uh, things are going down, you got the, the control room, when things happen, you don't want to be that guy, but right now it's all about doing the stir event industry. What the stir event is short for is disaster prevention. Prevention. Stir event. Disaster prevention, you know. Because how we really gonna I believe how we're really gonna solve and solve all these problems, we have to solve them early. We have to prevent them. You know, um, you know, it's kinda like you know, uh, like when it comes to fire, you know, um, when, when the fire breaks out, you know, the firefighters, the one that gets the glory, but it's a whole bunch of people who work in the fire prevention industry who does everything from, you know, designing, like installing smoke alarms, um, you know, people who make sure that you have your fire extinguishers all filled up and things, make sure that everything is good as far as your electrical system, make sure it doesn't go causing the um, fire and things and that's pretty much you know a part of it you know uh i remember out when i was working over in the aar here in rockford that they do like the airplane maintenance one of the things that kind of stuck out for me is they had like a little um uh, presentation from the people who do like their fire prevention over in the city and things and um it's kind of struck it kind of struck me because there's so much that goes into it but you know, a lot of people don't really appreciate all that goes into it. Like when it comes time to, man, I mean, I mean, the objections. Cause I think I was speaking with them, or I've heard it. So, like the primary objections that they have is, you know, people um, kind of feel that you know that it's not necessary because they don't have any fires. Like people don't have a lot of fires, or don't experience the damage that comes from a fire. They think it's unnecessary. And that's basically the primary situation that you have when it comes to disaster prevention. It's kind of like when I was selling insurance. The hardest thing about selling is health insurance and life insurance. You know, especially like the uh, like accident prevention and cancer prevention. It's kind of like you know people keep saying things like you know they have to, they have had accident in years, or you know they never had cancer. You know, nobody about cancer, so because they never had it. Know, they think it's not necessary. That's kind of like how it happens. When people don't see it, they act like it doesn't exist. That's kind of difficult for our industry. You know, that's kind of like 
kind of happened uh, with the situation. So I've been doing this for a while, and that's what kind of surprised me at first with the um, the coronavirus outbreak. How it kind of gained traction because you know it kind of showed like the situations and some things that could happen. Kind of showed um, possibilities of um, destruction and things, and kind of got people aware and things like that. Even though I feel like they went too far, it's kind of crazy because you know they could do a lot more. Than just telling them them the six feet and things, she could have had some more prevention. So it's kind of feel like the organization kind of, kind of got caught with the pants down, but you know, it's kind of like a rock in a hard place where people, when they have a situation where people think it's unnecessary because they don't see it, or when they do see it, they panic and people just like are reacting to it. Like when people are reactive to it, you know. I mean, some progress do get made, but, uh, I mean, don't be much when you're in it. I mean, we have issues this large. My primary three areas is going to be is, um, is alternative energy, um, deflecting asteroids, and um, war. Well, I'm going to do a lot more, like what? You know, tornadoes, earthquakes, things like that. But I have, I'm going to try to start with Glee's Theaster and expand out to, like, you know, more um, global disasters. But anyway, when we're working at this level, when it comes to disturbing industry, you have got to understand and realize that this is real. You can't just react to it. This isn't a, these, are, these problems are too big for you to have them happen and you try to react and fix them. Okay? You have to prevent them. But the only thing is, like, it's like a, like I said, a rock and a hard pace. If you don't, if you don't show people the dangers of it, people are not reactive. But if you wait too long until it becomes really, really apparent, you just try to react to it. It's a good chance that not much is going to get done. And when you have a situation as this, that's this large, that could be the. I believe that can be the end of the whole human civilization. You'll have organizations be this large, have problems be this large, but you went the last minute. I mean, um, I kind of heard from uh, a scientist working on the asteroid um, deflection, and she kind of said, you know, it's kind of like taking the test. You don't want to wait till the last minute. We take this test. You don't want to try to send a cram the night before. You got to be prepared because we have no idea about what can be the disaster that can take out all of mankind. It could be, uh, you know, natural disasters that's, that's just doing with the nature, like, you know, like we like you know asteroids and uh, earthquakes and things or it could be man-made such as war yeah but we gotta be able to prepare and make sure that we can survive so yeah it's just really really frustrating so but that's basically what's going on that's basically the first step just right now i'm just figuring out how to how to fund it i do not want to go through investors investors i do not like investors the way i feel about investors is like it's not too good. I have to find the right one, but I don't want to, have to go there dependent. Because sometimes you have investors who just take advantage of the situation. They have no interest about helping you. They have no vested ideas about the what you're trying to do. They just feel like you know if they put some money, that gives them the free range to tell you what to do. And I'm not trying to go through that. So basically, I'm going to raise my money entrepreneur route. And right now, I'm doing it through. Um, I'm selling online products. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do. I'm thinking about making my online product be about teaching people how to get into the disturbing industry. 
uh, how, how to prevent disasters, people who are trying or working in, in different industries who just basically need encouragement. Basically, probably going to be encouragement. That's one thing I enjoy more than anything else is encouraging people to see to give them the tools to be their best. So, probably will do that. But also, I'm thinking about doing what I call, it's called walk say compatibility. Basically, just it's just the idea about because the problem is when it comes to learning it's so much surface level learning is about transformation but the problem is that when people have different techniques they do not find things that work for them they try to find something that they see because people see something people don't see it they think it doesn't exist so when people just see somebody doing something then they feel like it has to if it works for them it has to work for everybody it's not always the case I'll give you an example. Um, if you don't know, I love language. I love language learning. And um, in the Polyglot community, which there's, you know, there's people who like to learn different languages, there's two big names. There's um, Steve Kaufman, um, and then there's also um, Benny Lewis. Um, and the thing about it is that uh, Benny Lewis, when he comes to language learning, they have two different styles of language learning. Benny Lewis is all about speaking from day one. Even if he doesn't have any knowledge about the language, he just has to get his um, dictionary out, get his phrase book, and just try to start speaking. He, he, he really starts from day one. He starts off sounding horrible, but then eventually he kind of figures it out. Um, Steve Kaufman is completely different. He doesn't like to start off speaking at all. He likes to read. He likes to focus. He likes to uh, come up with a lot of different a lot of vocabulary before he starts speaking. Both of them are incredible language learners. They know a lot of different languages. But the problem is that their approaches are different. And the thing, the thing that's damaging, I think, what both of them do, they both of them feel like their individual style was like the key to language learning. Like, uh, And the thing about it is they both have two different styles. So opposite, they both uh, argue back. They have big arguments about whose learning style is better because Benny Lewis feels that skis. Um, learning method isn't natural for humans you know humans he feels like you know humans learn through talking and things like that so he just feels steve is not um learning uh, properly and then uh steve feels benny is just uh too reckless and he feels that you know um that speaking from day one when you don't understand anything is uh you know it's a waste of time so both of them just hate each other's style and the thing about it is, is that it's not about them, it's about what works. What they both need to realize is that the reason why they hate each other's styles so much is that both of them lack versatility, is that they both suck at each other's styles. They're both of them not good at each other's styles. So the thing about it is that if they will just focus more on what works for them instead of just trying to blanket it, say, because it works for me, it works for everybody else, they could be a lot more, um, they'll be a lot more effective, I feel. Uh, that's what, but that's, I mean, that's kind of a idea about that's what people do out here. You have to make sure that you understand that this is, uh, that this is you got to make sure that you know language. I mean, I mean, when it comes to learning things, you have to make sure you have to do what works for you. So basically, the whole program is going to be about having people understand that about how hey, you got to do what works for you first and foremost, and how to listen to different types of point of views and styles. Hopefully. At the end, you'll be able to learn a little bit about versatility, but if not, at least be able to understand that just because the style works for somebody else doesn't mean it works for you and figure out what, you know, what does work, whatever, for whatever you're trying to learn. That's pretty much over a little overall overview. Might have to work on that a little bit more to make it a little bit more clear, but hey, that's pretty much the, uh, the idea, so...
Yeah. So basically, she's using that just to get some money flowing. And then, you know, I was able to went through with a with mastermind.com, uh, a good program by um, Dean Graziosi, Russell Brusson, and Tony Robbins. Take, um, all work together, create the software to help people who are making online courses be able to launch their courses, and um, it is pretty dope. So I was able to go through and get that set up. So I'm really, really excited about that. Eh? Really excited about that. So yeah, so that's basically the plan right there. Someone's gonna go through. So anyway, pretty much just kind of was rambling. But the point of it is, is that folks definitely focus on on. Um, Walk say now, making this vision come to life. Just bringing the disturbing industry, just trying to bring bring more attention to the prevent to preventive message uh, methods. Not what's going on right now. Like for example, in twenty, I'm recording this in twenty twenty, going through the Corona virus, a pandemic, where it's basically pandemic's going through. Everyone gets scared. If everybody says, "Hey, put on some masks and stand six feet, and we'll have a vaccine eventually," come on, man. They got paid worldwide. The numbers. Well, when I last time I saw it was like 2.1 trillion with a T for that weak techniques. Come on, man. With a possibility of a vaccine, where else do they do that at? Like when they, when you have like a, a card, I say, you know, we're going to pay you full price for the promise of having it built. That's just craziness. And plus, I don't even trust it was the vaccines. It might be rushed. It might not be, it probably ineffective because it probably with this, they've just... They probably might just be paying, paying on people's uh, fear at, at this point, but you know, I digress. I want to get all into that. Have, but that's, well, that's just the state of you know, of the of, um, of the disaster industry as a whole. It's just like because the thing about it is, is that when you go, we operate at this high of a level. This scares people so much, the normal population so much. First of all, they can't even realize that it's even something they can even be a part of, which they can, which is something that Walks In Now is all about. Working hard to create Zortec, kind of like the sharing economy of like, um, like, like I want to do like, you know, like how, Air, how, how, you know, like Airbnb make it so anybody who has a, a property or has like a home can rent it out. I'm, work hard to the groundwork so anybody who wants to do some disaster prevention will be able to have a platform at least be able to make a difference so it's definitely possible but it's got to just take it one step at a time so uh, so that's my pretty much my first uh, steps on that uh, that's basically what I'm going to dedicate this to walks in now and um, yeah man so pretty much that's what the plan is. I'm going to keep going for it. I'm not going to stop because this is what's needed out in the world and we have to find some way to make this more preventative. Not the reactive style we have now when it comes to disasters, but make it preventative. It can happen. It's got to, got to just get the technology right and get the marketing right and find a way to send us in a way where people can get involved and find ways people can benefit while they're preventing disasters. So it's all possible. It's got to just make things happen. So yeah, man. Peace.